Wait a minute. Josh is talking to a tantric sex expert on the Manlyhood Mancast? This was not the interview I expected, nor was it really the interview I would have pursued, but I am so glad that we took the time to talk to tantric sex expert Sarah Rose on the Manlyhood Mancast. We're going to get into it right after this. Warning, applying these principles may change your life. People will look at you differently. You'll walk straighter, live bolder, and find out who you are. This is the Manlyhood Mancast. Here's your host, Josh Atcher. Gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to the Manlyhood Mancast. I'm your host, Josh Hatcher. And you know, a lot of guys out there do podcasts and they try to tout themselves as experts. I'm not an expert on what it means to be a man. I'm a man. And I learned a lot of things from my father. I've learned a lot of things from great men in my life. And my goal is to share those things with you. My goal is to connect with other people who can teach us about how to be a better man. That's what I want to do because I believe that manhood, because I believe that manhood and masculinity make the world go round. We need better men. We need good men and we have good men and we need to rally together to become better men together. That's what we do here at Manlyhood. That's the movement of Manlyhood. And if you want to get plugged into that, the best way to do it is our Facebook group, the Manlyhood Man Cave. Join the group. Let's talk to each other. Let's interact. Let's grow together. I'd, I'd love to see you there. And if you join the group and if you're a man, we're going to let you in. Listen, today's interview is different than I would have expected. I got an email from Sarah and she asked, hey, I'm a tantric sex expert and I think I have a great message for the men that listen to your podcast. What do you think? Immediately wrote it off and didn't respond. I, I'm pretty picky about how I talk about sex. I am. I'm old-fashioned, and I know I'm old-fashioned. I hold to a traditional uh, conservative Christian viewpoint on sexuality. And I know that talking about that can be very uncomfortable for a lot of people. I felt uncomfortable talking to a woman about sex. And so you know what? I ignored it. I ignored her message at first. Then she wrote me again to follow up, and I said, okay, let's see what she has to offer. And I looked at another interview she had done, and I thought, you know what? This is actually helpful and good information. Most of it has nothing to do with what's going on in the bedroom. It has everything to do with building the kind of relationship that leads to better, healthier, happier, more bonding sex with your spouse. And I thought, we need to talk about that. So I said, yeah, Sarah, Come on the show and let's have the conversation. And I was very impressed. So look, without further ado, let's get into this interview with Sarah Rose. Sarah, it's great to have you on the show. I was able to catch um, catch you on another interview and I was really impressed with your perspective on this topic in particular, talking about sex and relationships. And I think that we can have a conversation that our guys could really benefit from. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? 
Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here and just I really appreciate you trusting me to talk with your guys. I totally get what it's like when you have like these people that you're so invested in and they trust you. And I, that's how I am with, with the guys that I work with. So just thank you for having me. Um, I'm Sarah Rose. I am a men's sex and relationship coach. I um, have a company. It's called Tantric Activation. Um, there's a lot of like kind of weird information out there about Tantra. So I don't recommend Googling it um, because the way I teach it is totally different than any of that. I try to just be very down to earth, very practical, pragmatic. Like these are simply practical tools to help you have better sex. Yeah, I don't Google it because of that. Like, I was talking to my wife about the interview that I'm going to do, and she's like, uh, were you looking that stuff up? I'm like, no, that's not at all how this happened, you know. Um, but, again, that's why I think it, it would be helpful to invite you into this space to talk about it because we can have it as a conversation rather than researching the bowels of the Internet. That's, like, the worst place to find out about how to have a healthy sex life, I think, so hundred percent. Yes. I remember when I first started on this journey and I did like do the Google search and the stuff that I found was terrifying. I was like, what is this? Well, and it's, it's destructive in a way too, I think culturally, you know, because we're, we have a generation of men whose entire sex education is based off of deviant pornography <laughs> you know what i mean it's like you know they they've never learned anything about a loving healthy relationship and i think that's i think it's detrimental like i said i know that people might see that differently and and it is what it is but i definitely think that having uh conversations is so, so much more helpful than just you know whatever else is happening out there <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, I, I work with men every day that are struggling because of porn and the negative effects of it. Like just moral issues aside, just the stress, the pressure that it puts on men to perform in unrealistic ways, the unrealistic expectations on their partners, uh, the way that it trains the brain to need more and more stimulation in order to be sexually gratified. It's destructive in a lot of different ways. I know that a lot of the men that I have spoken with, you know, not just online, but in real life, they have a lot of struggles in this area. You know, I think of, uh, some married men who maybe get it on their birthday <laughs> um, or, or, you know, once a month. And, you know, you know, and I know that there may be mindsets in some of the women uh, where, you know, they, they don't necessarily enjoy it or appreciate it, or they're not connecting on that level. And so it's just not as the same priority for him and for her. Um, I know men who never, like, they haven't had it in years, and the wife just doesn't enjoy it, or really, like, they're missing out in their relationship on that connection. And I know that, you know, I always tell people, like, with my wife and I, like, that's the glue that holds us together. You know, like, if we're having a bad day, if we're frustrated with each other, you know, it, if you look at how, you know, the last time <laughs> it's usually been enough time that that's where 90% of that frustration comes from. And if we can make sure to be 
on, it helps. You know, like what would you say to those guys who might be in that situation where they're they're struggling to connect? What would you advise them? Yeah, it's really, really tough when you're in that type of situation. So I work with men because I I just, first of all, I love working with guys that are serious about improving this area of their lives, guys that are like really committed to having amazing sex lives with their wives and um, being credible dads and partners and, you know, all the amazing things that men, most men really desire to be, but they don't have a lot of training in this area. Um, So that's not to say that just because my focus is on working with men, that women don't have a lot of their own work that they need to do. And I've coached women as well. So, you know, being a woman myself, I definitely have seen both sides of it. Um, And, you know, we can never change another person ever. Like that's not our responsibility. It should never even be our, our wish or our desire to change someone else. They are who they are. But it's a fact of nature that whenever one thing shifts, things around it shift. And if you are changing, if you are shifting, if you are making different choices for your life, it will absolutely impact your partner and your relationship. So, you know, guys, when you're in a situation like this, most often what I see in men is that they're they're afraid of rocking the boat. They're afraid of having uncomfortable situ or uncomfortable conversations that may create uncomfortable situations in the relationship. But you need to look at your life realistically right now. You're already in pain. And so it doesn't make any sense. You know, you're already in a bad situation and yet you're afraid that what you do may cause a bad situation. That's anxiety. Anxiety is nothing but fear of a future that doesn't even exist. Okay, so you're projecting this into your future when instead you could be looking at it from a perspective of what if this shifts for the better? What if this shifts and we start having amazing relationship and amazing sex life, you know, but it's, it's in our nature. It's biologically programmed into us to project a negative outcome because fear in nature protects us. Right. But we're not, we're not out in the wild. (laughs) There's like a tiger coming to eat you. So we need to have, you know, more conscious thought around this and look at where are we just going by the default rather than really being proactive and choosing the life we want to have. Yeah. I think that, that avoiding the conversations, uh, there's a lot of fear involved in that. I think it's, you know, uh, men are, you know, they're afraid that what if they tell her, look, I I need you more. And what if she rejects you? You know, I think that's a big fear that men have is, you know, or they're tired of being rejected. So instead of pursuing it, they just settle into that place where they, they don't even pursue it anymore. And, Mm -hmm. and I don't know, I don't think that's healthy. I think that's, that sets them up for failure. Right. And what if instead of even focusing on her and what she's doing or what she isn't doing, what if you start focusing on yourself and your own personal development, your spiritual development, your development of your masculinity, your development of your own personal sexuality and create 
like change yourself from the inside out. One of the things that happens in long-term monogamous relationships is, you know, we get so accustomed to the person that we're with. And a lot of people hold themselves back from any type of growth in their life because they're afraid that that might change the dynamics of the relationships. So when you do that, when you don't change and your partner doesn't change and the relationship doesn't change, it dies. Anything in nature that is growing, it is changing. Change is growth. And so if there's no change in you, no change in her, no change in the relationship, it's all dead. So if you start growing, you start developing yourself, focusing on you, you're growing again, you're breathing life into yourself, and then it flows into the relationship as well. The relationship will absolutely have to change because there's a new life flowing into it. Yeah, I say frequently that the fastest way to spice things up for your marriage is to become a better man. (laughs) Because that's really what she wants is she wants to see you improve too, right? She does. And any, a lot of men, a lot of like really well-intentioned men, really good men with good hearts. They love their wives. They want this relationship. They have this passive permission aspect of them where they're like asking passively asking their wife for permission to do things to better themselves to better their relationship but guys if if you have to ask her for permission to do things that she wants you to do like to really show up as a strong man in the relationship, you're already proving to her on the subconscious level that you're not going to do it. You're not, you're not that man. So don't even, and I'm not saying like go out there and do crazy things and don't have conversations with your wife. You need to have conversations and talk, but when it comes to improving your life, being a better man why do you have to ask permission for that do it she wants you to do it this is something that she is craving of you whether she knows it or not (laughs) well and if she is in the mindset where she feels like you have to give like she has to give you permission right then what's happening is by continuing that you're actually enabling something destructive in her you know, you are allowing her to stay that way. She's not your mom, you know, and she doesn't want to be your mom, even though maybe a part of her enjoys that little bit of control. Like that doesn't necessarily mean she should have it. You know, you've got to be able to be assertive. Now, I don't I don't think that you have to dominate, but I think you have to be able to say, look, Tuesday nights, I'm going to go out with the guys and we're going to have burgers and we're just going to encourage each other and have some guy time so that we can get you know get better and be better men you know like like she might not like that because she wants all your time but i think when she sees that it's working she's going to actually be glad that you have it right it's not like you're going to a strip club you know (laughs) i can imagine her being upset about that but if you're like you know this is a men's group and we're doing this because we're you know, we're really working on being better men. 
And also it just makes you a more interesting person. Like even if it's not a men's group and you're like out there just enjoying yourself and having fun, you come back with something interesting about you. There's a different light about you, a different way of holding yourself. You have something to talk about. When you're talking about a relate being in a relationship with someone for 40 years, you, you need new things to talk about. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, my wife's getting tired of the same old stories, so I guess it's time to do something else exciting. So I have some new stories to tell, right? Yes. So I so your first place, your starting place, is definitely improve yourself, grow, become a better man, because that's what she wants. Now, how about directly in the relationship itself? I think about this like. Um, you know, I, I'm sure I'm not sure if you're familiar with the five love languages book, but um, like I know my wife's is acts of service. And, you know, so if your wife really has that as a need and you actually don't do anything to help around the house, you know, there's a good chance that you're not meeting her need. You're not, you know, and, and that will make things much more difficult for your sex life as well. Would yeah. you agree with that? I agree, definitely. And that's that is most often the problem in relationships. It's not so much that you have different wants or different needs or, you know, like it's just that you're not meeting each other where you both need to be met. You know, like this person is coming from a completely different perspective. And yet, you know, you're trying to to put your solutions onto this person and it just doesn't work. And so most of the time, people that are in relationships, they really want to have this amazing thing that works and they're trying really hard. They're just trying at the wrong things. Uh, There's a great book, Getting the Love You Want by Harville Hendricks uh, that I love. It really goes into this about like how to create this relationship dynamic where you're actively healing each other in the relationship. So most of the time all like the problems we have the wounding that we have it all started in childhood before the age of six and we're literally just on repeat with the same things that happened before the age of six they're repeating over and over and over in our lives so i work with clients to help them heal at the root to like really get to that first instance that occurred and release the emotional charge from whatever happened so that way they can be free of it and live their lives without having to repeat that pattern um so you know there's a lot of there's different ways of going about it but it is it starts with with healing on your own your your wife healing on her own um and and actively committing to this in your relationship as well of like okay i understand when i do this it causes this in my partner so i'm going to choose to do this instead and you're not going to know i mean having conversations helps of course um I think, though, most of us that are in relationships are aware of how we trigger our partners in one way or another, you know, and yet how often do we just say, oh, I'm just going to keep doing that again anyway, right? Instead of like, I'm going to change my behavior and I'm going to help my partner feel better in the relationship. I definitely think that we often know what it is that triggers, but we don't always understand why. And I know that... um, 
you know, I mean, the statistics say that, what, one in four girls by the time they're 18 have been sexually abused, and one in six boys have been sexually abused by the time they're 18. And so, you know, with statistics like that, those are pretty relatively high statistics, and that's the ones that come forward and talk about it. So I'm, I have a feeling those numbers are probably higher. And and those aren't the only traumas that we go through in our life. You know, you've got uh, father abandonment issues. You've got, you know, there's mother <laughs> mother dynamics that, that creep in as well. And so you've got all these situations where you've got broken people trying to look to each other and almost to look to sex to fix those problems. And while I do think it might help draw you closer and build a closer relationship, like that's not the fix. Yeah. And a lot of men do have that mindset of sex will fix the relationship and it's half of the equation. So it is in a man's nature to penetrate a woman, to penetrate her sexually. It's in a woman's nature to penetrate your heart. And most women will end up shutting down sexually because they have felt like they were not able to penetrate the man's heart. And this is what I, I work with men on their heart space every single day. And that helps fix things because then you've got both sides of the equation. If you're just focused on the sex life and not on this heart space, this connection, this intimacy, this real openness to love and allowing a woman to fill you up with her gifts. Women have so much to give. Like a woman has this abundance of love, of compassion, of giving, of caring. And if she's not able to fill you up with that regularly, if there's a block and you're holding back, then she feels in pain. It's much pain as you have from not being able to have sex with her. She has the same amount of pain that she's not able to give of her from her heart to you. And so you're both in pain and it's, it, it takes having both sides of these, this equation solved in order to have a, a healthy balanced relationship where this energy is flowing between the two of you. I know that as men, we have a gift and I'll call it a gift. When I describe it, it might not sound like a gift to you, <laughs> but it is a gift where we have the ability to compartmentalize. So we have the ability to, and I think everybody has it, but I think men have it more, right? Where we have this ability to just, here's this horrible feeling that I feel, let me shove it in a box and deal with it later. And it's a gift because when it comes time to function, we can compartmentalize it and we can function, you know, and the problem is if we don't deal with that crap, it comes back out later. And so the, the gift of being able to do it allows us to be able to take care of business, to be able to fight battles, to be able to protect our family, to be able to make a buck, to put food on the table. But the problem is if we don't deal with it, then it's a problem later. And I think as you're describing that relationship with a woman, I know in my own relationship and in my own struggles, I found that I had compartmentalized and then buried so much junk that one word from her of criticism opened it up and brought it all back out. And we were hurting and it was hard. 
And then, so then that also then triggered her own wounds of, you know, like male emotion all often comes out as anger. And so when you're trying to work on your, on being intimate, if one person is angry because that's the emotional vocabulary that you have and what you're trying to say is I'm hurting, but what you say is <laughs> like, that's not a recipe for intimacy. Uh, definitely. And that's unfortunately anger is one of the only uh, emotions that is acceptable for men to show and men that don't want to show anger, uh, to, and ref, you know project that outwardly they instead project it inward on themselves which creates massive depression and suicidal thoughts and uh, you know so men really struggle um, anger is a surface emotion and beneath anger is sadness beneath sadness sadness is fear and beneath fear is hurt and beneath hurt is guilt and usually at the core of it there is this root emotion of guilt around something um you know we're all operating from these original stories that were created and most of the time there's something there around being unlovable unworthy of love um having to prove your worthiness for love love equals pain love Love equals betrayal. These stories show up over and over and over in different ways until you really get clear on them and heal them. Yeah, and it's funny that we don't... <laughs> I think that we just want to think about the sex part, right? <laughs> you know, like we're wanting to come to this relationship and we're like, well, I love her. She makes me happy. So let's just have sex and be happy. But like for it to really be intimate and for you to really be close, you've got to work through that because eventually it's going to come out. It is. It absolutely is. And most people don't have emotional maturity because they have not developed that part of themselves. And as much as society allows for women to express more emotions than men do that doesn't necessarily mean they have emotional maturity just because they're expressing a lot of different emotions you know so being emotionally stunted is a huge problem in society and it takes doing personal development work to be able to mature in that area of your life and it's not your fault like it's just something that you were not given the the option of you know how many people when they cry they were told to to suck it up or toughen up, um, you know, just sh basically just learn how to shove it down and put on a smile and get through life or put your head down, work harder, all those things that, you know, we all of us have heard and it it creates a lot of distance in a relationship and when there's more, my my biggest mindset when it comes to relationships is get back on the same team as quickly as possible because that's really where you want to be that's where you're both happy that's where you're both having fun is when you're on the same team and yet how many times are people in a relationship with somebody and it feels like they're at odds with each other they're constantly fighting and bickering and you know it's it's him against her and it's like okay well actually like 
like take a, a bigger look at the you know the, the globe take a big take a bigger picture of the the world at large and kind of look down like you two in that house together you're actually on the same team you know but we get so into the minutia of it all and it's like ah you know we each other does this he does that and i wish she would stop this and i wish he would do this different instead like figure out like what can you do be the bigger person always be the bigger person always 100 percent of the time be the bigger person get back on the same team with your partner say a kind word make your partner laugh express love express how how beautiful she is i would say the same thing to women that's what i do in my relationship i choose to be the bigger person like imagine if we were both working so hard at being humble and kind and loving to our spouse if we both were working on at that like instead of i gotta get mine or i gotta get ahead or i have to win you know like that right there changes the dynamic so much like when you when you see her and you want her to succeed and when she sees you and wants you to succeed and that works when you both say this is what we're going to commit to do and and it gets better right Right. Yeah. I say love is the biggest ego death. (laughs) You cannot have an ego in the middle of your relationship. It's just going to tear you apart. Well, I think a lot of it is our Hollywood picture of what love is and what sex is and everything else. It's all emotion. It's all feeling. And the honest to goodness truth is that a lot of times love is action despite the feeling, (laughs) you know, I mean, like you shouldn't always be hanging your head and feeling like you're, you know, digging a trench, but sometimes it's work. Sometimes it's, I made a commitment. I, I, I'm going to keep my word. I'm going to push through this, even though I don't feel like loving you at the moment, you know? Yeah. And just like everything in nature has a season, relationships have seasons and we often get to winter and we think, oh my, this is dead forever. This is never coming back. But if you just hang in there, keep doing your best, spring comes again. It always comes again, right? It's just the cycle. It's inevitable. There's always a spring. And a lot of relationships would be saved if people had more of that mindset. Instead of expecting it to be the heat, the passion of summer 100% of the time. Nothing can be the heat and the passion of summer all the time. It would just burn out, right? Like, I mean, first of all, we would be exhausted by it. (laughs) Can you imagine? There's a reason that those hormones fade. Like, we cannot sustain them. (laughs) And so, you know, but doing your best to just like recognize, okay, this is a season. We're just in the season. It's going to shift. It's going to change. I'm going to keep showing up. I'm not going to freak out. I'm not going to sabotage the relationship. I'm not going to, you know, act out towards her and create drama. Um, you know, I'm not going to shut down. I'm not going to withdraw. I'm going to keep showing up. I'm going to keep being in my authenticity. I'm going to keep being the best man that I can. I'm going to keep being the best husband that I can. And spring will come taking the time to frame it in that hopeful mindset when it's hard will really help. So let's talk practical, very practical for a minute here. Um, You know, a lot of times on my podcast, most of the people I interview are men. Um, 
and I rarely have women on. You're one of the very few that I have had on, which I'm actually glad that I have because I think that your perspective is really helpful, to be honest. So you're talking to an audience that is probably 90% men right now. And I think one of the biggest questions that we have (laughs) is what the heck do you want? (laughs) You know, like, so I know that the best way to have this conversation is yes, work on that emotional intimacy, work on yourself, grow, but, um, give us some insight into what, what our wives want from us, what our spouses, what our partners want from us. And, and again, I know it's going to be different for everybody, but maybe, you know, Give us a little, little, little clarity. Give us a cheat code if you can. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, and, and you're absolutely right. It's going to be different for for every person, which is why doing things like knowing your partner's love language, knowing your partner's attachment style, um, things like that are really important. Um, I have a a, a whole. Uh, curriculum, like a, a quiz type thing that I have clients go through that helps identify this. So that way they're able to be well informed about their partner. Um, but I mean, just like stepping outside of my, my coach's realm and just being a woman myself, what do I want? I want attention. Um, I want uh, to know that if I want him. He's available. He doesn't need to be, um, you know, there all the time, you know, but if, if I want him, I want to know like, okay, he's going to respond. Um, he's going to, you know, send me just something that lets me know that he's thinking about me. Um, I want to feel special. I want to feel seen. I think those are pretty common with women. It's like, I want to feel special. I'm in this with you. Why? You know, because for the most part, women have a lot of attention thrown their way. They're, you know, there's options for women and they're like, why, why am I in this? You know, he's not even looking at me anymore. I don't feel sexy. I don't feel wanted. I don't want, I don't feel attracted um, or attractive, Uh, you know, and if, even if she is, is has rejected you for whatever reason women still want to feel desired and i know it's hard guys like when you've been rejected over and over and that's the biggest fear that men tend to have like fear of rejection tends to be the biggest fear but let me give you this just to have something to wrap your head around. So when there was a study done with uh, men and women going out on first dates and they asked men, what is your biggest fear on a first date? Well, that I'll be rejected. I'll be made fun of that. I'll get laughed at something like that. They asked women the same question and women overwhelmingly, their response was, I'm afraid I will get killed. So it's, Yes, you have these fears, but (laughs) like they're really, and I'm not saying like in your committed relationship that your wife is afraid that you're going to kill her, but I just want you to see this perspective of the world that women live in. It's a much different world than what men live in. And so, you know, while you don't want to be rejected, it doesn't feel good. No, like women do want to be desired. They want to feel that from you. And 
there's something there that's causing her to say no. And yes, she has her own stuff that she needs to work through and deal with, but she's also playing a role in your story. All right. Just as you're playing a role in her story, like we're all walking around this world with our own stories that we're creating and we're plugging people into fill roles. And there's something there in you that is causing this rejection to happen over and over. This is actually a pattern in your own life that needs to be resolved. It's less about what she's doing and it's more about why you chose her to fill that role in your life. I've heard it said that, yeah, we teach people how we want them to treat us and we usually do it without thinking. And so, yeah, I can see that is that, you know, you are, if she keeps rejecting you, it may be her issue, but there's a good chance that it has a lot to do with the fact that you are setting that up as well because because of the choices that you make, the way that you behave. Maybe, you know, having some good, deep conversations and asking those questions. And if you can't do it by yourself, then call somebody like you. Call a therapist, call a counselor, and sit down and talk through it because, you know, I mean, sometimes it might be as simple as, if you would just brush your teeth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, but she didn't want to tell you because you, because of whatever, you know. Right. But. Exactly. <laughs> so um, I've also heard uh, Dave Ramsey, who's a financial guru, and he's talking about the finances, the finance situation and how that affects relationships. And he says that women have a security gland that has to be massaged every now and then so that she knows that she's safe and that she's taken care of, which when you talked about that first date fear of being killed, it kind of reminds me, you know, I think about that a lot. Like, am I allowing her to feel safe and secure with me? Is that, would you confirm that sentiment? Do you think that's true? Yes, definitely. So I find that most women, I've, I find that the women that I've spoken with <laughs> reframe that just to cover my butt in this very politically correct world of <laughs> people with many different mindsets. <laughs> women I've worked with, women that I've spoken with, overwhelmingly, they have a desire to be able to surrender to the man that they're with like that is something that feels really good it feels safe um you know but they but they do need to feel safe in order to be able to do that so safety is a big deal i was actually just having a conversation with a friend this morning you know and he was talking about oh you know it's it's the the end of the world is here world war three and uh he's like you know in the situation like this men want to have more sex because they're you know they want to make sure they they get it before the world ends he's like but women instead they shut down because they have this sense of insecurity he's like it's awful <laughs> and i'm not saying that's 100 percent true but you know there is i think something to that of like you know a woman really needing to feel a sense of security but 
I see that in men as well. It's very base level uh, as far as like evolutionary. You know, if you're in um, fight or flight mode, you're, you're not going to be in procreation mode. Like that comes secondary. And so if there's something triggering fight or flight or freeze, which are survival instincts, then that procreation aspect of you just shuts down. What can we do to help address those things? Do we, I don't, because I think a lot of times that's those discussions are so buried under the emotions of the moment that we don't understand them. So, how can I be aware of what those things are in her or in me? What, what should I be looking for there? Yeah. So observe her behavior. You know, if certain things that you do cause her to, you know, need to leave the room or leave the house, or she um, starts yelling, she's fighting to defend herself, or, you know, you see her withdraw, you physically can see her start to shut down. She's going into fight, flight, or freeze mode. And so these are things that you can actually see in your partner. Um, And when that happens, the best thing to do is first, they're not going to be thinking rationally if they're in that state. It's a purely preservational state. And so they're not going to be able to think rationally. You're not going to be able to have a conversation until they feel safe enough to come out of it. If they need to leave, they need to just let them leave and don't take offense to that. A lot of people are like, no, you left, you left the situation, you're running away. You cannot have a conversation, a clear conversation when you're in that type of mindset. So it's just literally let her, let her run away, let her, you know, I'm not saying let her verbally attack you. We shouldn't ever allow that to happen, you know, but she needs the space to come out of that. All right. So don't take it personally. Same for you. Take care of yourself. We have to take care of ourselves and we have to allow our partners to take care of themselves as well. And then once that has passed, really make a conscious effort, make, you know, take a stand in your relationship, say like, okay, now that we've calmed down, we're going to talk about this. This is important. We need to have discussions about these things. Yeah. I'm actually definitely going to encourage my listeners to listen to this with their partner because I think that um, my hope is that it inspires them to have some of these conversations in a way that is helpful and can open up, you know, that flow of communication. But let's say, okay, so they've listened now, right? Both they've listened to this and they're like, all right. How do we have, like, it's sometimes even like, I mean, I've been married to my wife for like, you know, 24 years and I know her inside and out, right? I know like everything that you could possibly know about her. At least I think I do. <laughs> and it's still kind of awkward to talk about things, you know, you know, like, especially like, especially about sex itself, about that intimacy, you know, like. I don't know. You feel kind of weird getting, you know, asking for things or talking about it or, or just like, how do we, how do we address this? You know, like what, how do we, how do you get to that space where you feel comfortable with each other there? Yeah. It takes practice. Just like everything takes practice. Just think about anything in life that you've learned. I'm sure when you first started this podcast, like 
baby was a little bit awkward the first couple times. There's, you know, a little bit of like, all right, you know, I've got to get figure this out. And you start going to the gym and, you know, you try something new. It's a little bit awkward at first. There's a, there's a learning curve with everything. Um, but you just got to try it. You just got to be committed to it. That's really the thing. You know, our, our intimate relationships most closely mimic the relationships that we have with our original caregivers, most often mom and dad. Um, and most, for most of us, sex was an awkward topic with mom and dad. And so it makes sense that it's most difficult now with your partner. And so, um, but again, it's part of that emotional maturity. It's part of growing up to say, okay, so I get that that was difficult then, but this person in front of me is not mom or dad, even though I'm projecting that onto them, Mm -hmm. they are not. (laughs) And we're going to grow up. We're going to have adult conversations like, you know, little Bill and little Susie, they're not responsible for grown up Bill and grown up Susie's conversations about sex. Yeah. I know that statistically a lot of my listeners are in that age range where they're having kids, they're having a family. Um, and they don't even know, like your whole world changes when that happens. I mean, everything changes, you know, and I think that there might come a point, you know, in the middle of that where you're wondering, is this ever going to get better? Are we ever going to want to do this again? You know, do you have any advice for those guys? Yeah, you ought to prioritize it. Your relationship is so important. You know, it's your this you are modeling this for your children. And what you get the example you give to your children, they're gonna carry with them for the rest of their lives. What do you what gift do you want to give to your children? Do you want to give the gift of modeling a really healthy, thriving relationship? I certainly hope so. Yeah, I think about that actually. My mom and my mom and dad were now I didn't know that they did it, right? I didn't. I just assumed that they were too old. Um, but he was always talking about how beautiful she was, and you know, kissing on her and hugging her, and you know, saying you've got such a beautiful mom to me. Even when I was little, you know, all the way up until I was a teenager, and it used to gross me out so much. But when I look back, like, yeah, there was he was very intentional about modeling that, and. So, of course, I tried to do the same thing with my kids, and I understand now, like, like there's almost a joy in it, just grossing your kids out when they see how much you love her, you know? So, yeah, I can get that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I like to ask, you know, uh, my guests as we kind of get to, toward this point in the conversation a couple of questions, and I ask all of all of them this. Uh, you know, they're usually guys, and so this actually will be interesting to hear uh, from a female perspective, but um, I, I like to ask these questions because I think it gives me uh, a chance to really hear a little bit about you, your story, and what matters to you. And so the first question is this, if you were to run into the eight to 10 year old version of yourself, what would you tell yourself? 
Oh, wow. So the thing that comes up for me first is um, I was always very, very close with my my paternal grandmother growing up and um, she died in 2020. Um, and I actually got to to live with her for the last nine months of her life and be her caretaker uh, during that time. And, you know, thankfully, I did spend a lot of time in, with her, like growing up and really cherishing her but I think that's what I would remind my eight to ten year old self is you know just spend as much time with grandma as you can uh, so you were close with were you close with her all the way through or do you think that you've got yeah. some regrets uh, no I mean I definitely was close to her all the way through yeah and I did I grew up in Phoenix um, and so I left Phoenix right out of high school when I was 17. And uh, so I was gone for about 20 years before I went back um, to be with her that last nine months. Yeah. So, but we were still close, even though I wasn't living in the same state. I'm sorry to hear about your loss. I know, I know it's definitely hard to lose somebody you love. Yeah. But you've got a lot of memories and sounds like you really cared about her, which is awesome. Definitely. Yeah. She was a very, very big part of my life. Um, definitely one of my original caregivers that, you know, when I do my inner child work, she shows up a lot. So then my next question is, what is your best advice for the men that are listening today? Take action. Just do it, guys. Like we always act like we have another day. Seize the day. Seize the moment live your life full out every single day. Um, you know, one of the things that I see in men a lot is this regret that they didn't act sooner. So many men come to me and they say, Sarah, if only, if only I had done this sooner. And what I see in women is they, they tend to have a really long, uh, a lot of patience, like a really long rope, basically. But like once you get to the end of that rope, it just snaps. And I see this a lot in women. Like it just suddenly is done and there's no turning back. The woman is moved on. She's not interested at all in any reconciliation and guys are so often just like what where did that come from they they feel like it kind of came out of nowhere but really it didn't there were signs all along the way but they were burying themselves in work or they were just avoiding or watching netflix whatever it is instead of paying attention and being proactive and really nurturing this relationship that was right there that they had in front of them you know most of the time we get in we get into a relationship because we really want to be with this person and you know sometimes i do actually hear from a lot of guys who are kind of like well everyone else was doing it so i did it too or I wanted kids and, you know, she was there at the right time. That does happen. But for the most part, men get into a relationship because of this, this woman, they want to be with her. And yet then they get into it and they're just kind of, they, they're not proactive about continuing to, to create this to, this, to keep this desire alive. Nature is not in your favor when it comes to having a long-term relationship. Like 
I, this is a whole other topic in itself, but we're only from a biological perspective designed to be together for like seven years. So if you're going to go beyond that, you have got to hack your biology. And that's what I offer is, is literally hacks to your biology to have, so you can have a long-term amazing relationship. What does that look like? What does hacking your biology mean? Are you talking about, um, yeah, I don't even know. (laughs) What does that mean to you? It's, it's doing tantric practices, like having um, a really healthy sex life that continues to be vibrant because you continue to develop it where you're exploring, where you're going on sexual adventures together. And I don't mean you're like, you know, having sex in the woods or something unless, unless you want to, but like where sex itself is an exploration just this continuous curiosity. Um, you know, the men that are the best lovers are ones that are curious about what their partner desires. How many times have you even asked your partner, like, what do you want? How can I sexually satisfy you? Most of the time, it's a question that's never even been asked. Yeah, because those conversations can be awkward. And you just assume that you're doing it right. (laughs) You know what they say about assume. Right. Right. (laughs) Right. So, so yeah, have the, I like that idea. Have that kind of those conversations and that is easier to have if you've taken the time to be emotionally connected and emotionally healed so that you're not taking everything personal. If she doesn't like what you're doing or doesn't like how it's going, you know, that I think that's, that's the thing is like, if you are not a healed person and you have to talk about that stuff, and she says something that you don't want to hear, then it hurts and it wounds. And then it keeps you in that cycle of distance and separation. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a a balance there of, of being, of wanting to be a space of healing for your partner and also speaking with honesty. Um, And then also for yourself, taking emotional responsibility for your reactions, for the things that are coming up and not blaming those reactions on your partner. So it's a lot of growing up. That's really what relationships are. <laughs> like a healthy relationship is a lot of growing up. Yeah. Put on your big boy pants and... <laughs> Hundred percent, or take them off. No, put them on. Yeah, Yeah, put them on so you can take them (laughs) off. (laughs) Oh boy, we're gonna have to order t-shirts now. (laughs) Love it. Uh, So, if if the guys that are listening today want to connect with you or the the ladies, I mean, it could be either of them here. But let's say they want to connect with you and learn a little bit more about what it is that you do. What's the best way? Yeah, my website is tantricactivation.com. On Instagram, it's tantricactivation. I'm Sarah Rose. Sarah has two R's, S-A-R-R-A-H, Rose, R-O-S-E. LinkedIn, I'm Sarah Rose. Facebook, I'm Tantric Activation. Twitter is I am Sarah Rose. Uh, My podcast is Tantric Activation. That's on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Awesome. And we'll make sure to link it in the show notes. And, uh, you know, if you're concerned about connecting with this gentleman, 
don't be afraid to talk to your spouse about it before you do so that you're not you know <laughs> you know if she's looking at your internet history and like what is this it might be wise to have a conversation <laughs> which is why i recommend listening to this with your spouse so if you've already listened to it you know what pop it in the car the next time that you're on date night and let's let's open up these conversations together so Sarah, I have really appreciated having you on the podcast today. I think you've got uh, a really great perspective on things, and it was actually very helpful. And I hope that the guys that are listening are getting as much out of it as I am. So thank you. Thank you for allowing me to be here. I really appreciate it. Awesome. I appreciate you. Thank you. Sarah, again, thank you so much for sharing with us. This was not the kind of interview I expected, and I'm very grateful that we had the time to talk about this. It's an uncomfortable topic to talk about, and while I may have been uncomfortable going into this, you made me feel welcomed, and you shared with me in a way that I could understand and relate to, and that I know that our men that are listening can relate to as well. So yes, I know, I get it, guys. We're all coming from different perspectives. I know that my view might be more traditional or old-fashioned than you're comfortable with, and yours might be in a way that I'm uncomfortable with. But what I do know is that sex works best within the context of a monogamous, long-term, loving relationship because that's the way it was designed. And if you want better sex with your partner, it starts with a better and healthier relationship. And I am glad that we can talk about that. So as we talk about sex, it can be uncomfortable, but you know what? I think there's value in us hearing from a woman what a woman needs from a man. I, it's very valuable to hear that perspective. And let me tell you what else. I think this would be a great episode for you to listen to with your spouse. So if you're not going to listen now, hit pause. And when you go out and you're driving in the car, hit play. And let's listen to this together with your spouse and see what we can learn and grow from in that area of sexuality. If you think there's somebody that would get something out of this episode, I want you to share it with them. I know they might get a little uncomfortable, but let's share it with them. Let's leave a comment, a rating, a review, like it on YouTube, and let's get the word out about what's happening here at the Manlyhood Movement. Listen, guys, I love you. I care about you. And I'll see you next time. If you want to be a better man, check out our website, manlyhood.com, for blogs, videos, and more from our Manlyhood team. And you can also join our private Facebook group, Manlyhood Man Cave, where you can meet up with a band of brothers who will challenge you and help you on your journey of manhood. This episode is produced by Hatcher Media for manlyhood.com. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes, YouTube, or wherever you're listening to the show. Tune in again for more of the Manlyhood Mancast.